Welcome back. This is Jennifer Bukowski rounding out the third hour as I guest host the Gary Nolan Show. And I'm pleased to be joined by my friend Ethan Thampy, who is one of the two guys that I've known the longest that have been staunchly in favor of ending prohibition on marijuana or legalizing pot. And we have a amendment on the ballot next month that would legalize recreational marijuana. This is something that I know has been a goal of yours for over a decade now to make happen. And you are coming into the studio right here with a no on three sign telling people to vote no on legalizing recreational marijuana. Why in the world is this the case? Well, Jennifer, um, as you can see also, this uh, this campaign sign, this no and amendment three sign says, also says no marijuana penalties in our constitution. So one of the things that you'll find if you read the fine print on amendment three is that it creates four or five new ways to go to prison for marijuana. It creates a constitutional possession limit of, of uh, three ounces. So if you have... Uh, more than three ounces, you, they actually create a new constitutional misdemeanor marijuana possession charge. They don't remove the statutory felony penalties. You could get a but felony. That's like three times the threshold for misdemeanor marijuana now, right? Like, you know, so the 35 grams is right now the benchmark for ordinance versus misdemeanor like right. amounts. You, you know, I would, I would point to you, Jennifer, this is a constitutional amendment, right? So what's the role of the Constitution in our American tradition is to define the, the, the scope of the government and to restrain its powers. It's not to restrain the individual. We can agree or disagree on whether or not there should be a, a marijuana possession limit and what that limit should be, but it, I hope we can agree it should not be in the Missouri Constitution where our elected officials cannot change it. It, but wouldn't some people say it's better than nothing? At least now we will be legalizing recreational marijuana, which has been, is it, it's true that it's been a long time goal of yours to legalize recreational marijuana. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. And this year I worked with uh, state representative Ron Hicks, a Republican from uh, St. Charles, and we came up with the strongest, most free market legalization proposal in the country, according to Americans for Prosperity. And we actually saw, and the people of Missouri saw, the medical marijuana industry, they hired the most corrupt lobbyists in the state, and they came up to testify and oppose our legalization push in Jefferson City because we did not have restrictions on licensing and because we did not have restrictions on possession. So this Amendment 3 is really for the marijuana industry. It creates a functional monopoly in the recreational marijuana space, which is another thing I oppose on a free market conservative perspective. Okay, but so you're against this completely. Like, you don't want this to pass at all. Yeah, I mean, again... Do you want a different amendment to maybe pass? Like one that's less wordy, I guess? Less than 39 pages? We support a statutory alternative like what Representative Hicks filed this year. We've got commitments from our friend Tony Lavosco to help advance this issue uh, in the next session. So we want a statutory approach. Again, remember, from a principled level, the role of the Constitution is not to restrain an individual. It's to restrain the government. We don't want to put policy, 39 pages of policy, in the Missouri Constitution. Well, I, can, I certainly uh, can agree with that argument, but people will say this legislature is a super Republican majority. They're conservative. They're never going to pass a statute that would legalize 
marijuana. You have to do it this way. You know, in 2018, I worked with the Republican state representative, Dr. Jim Neely. We got a medical marijuana bill out of the House of Representatives on 112 to 44 vote, which is a majority of Republicans. A Democrat in the Senate, Jason Holzman from Kansas City, he's the guy who killed us in the Senate. This year, we worked with... Uh, Rep- Representative Ron Hicks again. He's a Republican in the House, one of the lead- one of the leaders in the caucus. You know, we had uh, Lane Roberts, former police chief from Joplin, chair of the. Did you get a vote on the floor? No, the lobby- did it get out of committee? Yes, we got out of committee. But why didn't it get a floor vote? The lobbyists for um, the legal Missouri campaign, the Amendment Three campaign, came and uh, basically bogged us up in the majority leader's house uh, office. Killed the bill. Yep. So that's interesting, too. I need to ask uh, Dan Beats when he comes on in the bottom of the hour why they would kill a bill that would legalize recreation. It seems like you guys are in agreement that some recreational marijuana should be legal, if not all. And uh, yet you guys are each in opposition to like they were opposed to your bill and then you're opposed to this constitutional amendment. I mean, Dan Veets will come here and, and lie to you. He'll lie to the people of Missouri. That's He's a already, big word. Absolutely, been, and I'm 100% prepared to defend it. You know, he will come in he here. He might come here and say that you're lying as well. Well, you know, the best antidote for speech is more speech. So I welcome this uh, debate. I'll point out Dan Veets and the other corrupt members of his campaign refuse to debate me face-to-face because they know I'm right and because they know the record substantiates what I'm telling, telling you. And they know that the people of Missouri has, have seen through their monopoly licensing scam you know um, they, they they passed medical marijuana to, in 2018 on the basis of we need to help sick and dying people and we've got tax revenue for the veterans but buried deep and within that, that 36 page constitutional amendment was a licensing cap that um, resulted in thousands of Missourians losing tens of millions of dollars on a bogus and rigged licensing process. And that's not my opinion. That's the opinion of uh, Republican leaders in the House, like Representative Jared, uh, Jared Taylor of Nixa, whose committee investigated the, the licensing uh, scam that uh, Dan Beats helped perpetrate four years ago. Do you think it would pass if it got a floor vote? Absolutely. Okay, we have a caller on line one with a question. Uh, Toby, welcome to the Gary Nolan Show. You're on with guest host Jennifer Bukowski and Ethan Thampy, who says vote no on three. Hey, I've seen some uh, uh, internet posts about no on three that claim that there are uh, provisions in this um, amendment that have to do with our schools and uh, teaching our kids certain things. Is 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 that just a, a false um uh, smear campaign on online or so is, there amend- other, is there other stuff built into this that has nothing to do with marijuana? Amendment 3 creates a new constitutional bureaucrat called the Chief Equity Officer and the job of this this guy has two uh, things he is tasked to do. Hello? Uh, did- uh, the caller... Yeah, he dropped. Fell off. Okay. You can go ahead and continue okay. to answer so the, the question. Okay, so the Chief Equity Officer in Amendment 3 has two jobs. One is to, quote, create public education programming to propagandize their licensing scam. The second is to help implement ESG environmental and social governance mandates that are contained within Amendment 3. So these have nothing to do with legalizing marijuana. They have to do with justifying and propagandizing their licensing scam. And second, to uh, continue help, uh, to sneak in um, these critical race theory and these ESG concepts into our constitution where we can't get rid of them and, uh, uh, you know, subvert the intention and the will of our conservative majority here in Missouri. So I'm looking through this bill of 
uh, where in the paragraphs that talk about this chief equity officer and this officer has uh, has to do with these micro business licenses for people who have like less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars of yeah. Um, so let's talk about of, these micro well, licenses. I guess or, or income. Excuse me. Have a net worth of less than two hundred fifty. I was right. A net worth of less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They, this chief equity officer is involved with like distributing those licenses, but I'm not yet seeing, granted this is a very lengthy There is a line that amendment. specifically says create public education programming. That's a very vague um, statement there. But let's talk about these micro licenses. So, there but are two- isn't it limited by with information detailing the licensing process and informing individuals of the support and resources that the office can provide to individuals and entities. Yeah, so- if you look elsewhere in the um, uh, amendment, the other part is to inform and educate disenfranchised and marginalized communities about how disenfranchised and marginalized and dis- disproportionately impacted they are. And so there's a two, two points I would say is like number one, like once this is in the Constitution, you've got your teachers' unions who are going to point to the Constitution and say, hey, the, you know, the, the propagation of critical race theory is no longer just something debatable. It's now civics. It's part of our Constitution, right? And the second thing is, like, you know, we support a, you know, free market equal opportunity uh, platform for licensing and opportunity if you're going to legalize marijuana. These micro licenses, and I've gotten this from many individuals in the black community in St. Louis and Kansas City, these, this micro license proposition is essentially sharecropping for marijuana, right? This, these micro licenses are businesses. That, Can you explain what the micro licenses are? These are businesses. How are they different from licenses? These are businesses that would be constitutionally restricted in the amount of business they could do. For instance, a micro-licensed grow could grow no more than 250 plants. So you're talking, Yeah. So you're talking about a business that if you're successful and the market says that, you know, we want more of this, you can't grow, right? You're like live restricted in how much you can grow or you lose your micro-license. Can you then get graduate to a big boy license or big girl no, license? No, the comprehensive full licenses um, are almost exclusively reserved for the people who have the medical marijuana licenses now. So, and they're all talking, you know, you got Good Day Farm, you got three, Primo 315 here in Columbia. They're, you know, you got uh, Farmer's Wife down in Springfield. They're all talking about how as soon as this hits, they 5 to 8x their uh, market demand. Huh. Another criticism I've heard of this, and there's a Post-Dispatch article out yesterday that says that the court system is estimating that complying with the expungement provisions of this bill will cost six and a half million bucks and some say that and i i would have to concede that some people might have convictions for marijuana but they got charged with a whole bunch of other things and there was a compromise down to just the marijuana but that doesn't really paint the full picture so maybe doing a wide Expungement isn't appropriate. What are your thoughts on the expungement so part I'm of this bill? I'm all for expunging marijuana only or marijuana related offenses, but your criticism is correct, and it's one one of the things that we heard uh, when we were going through the legislative process. I would also point out because like there is like an exception to the other rules for how long before you're eligible for parole if you only plead to a drug offense mm-hmm. and you get them to drop like the assaults and the other things, then they'll get paroled sooner. So you're more likely to try to get them to take more years on a marijuana thing mm-hmm. and drop the other charges. There should be a uh, level of judicial review 
to ensure that, you know, if, if we're doing an expungement on a marijuana offense, that, that it's not the result of a plea, or at least those circumstances need to be taken into account. Um, but then again, they didn't plead guilty to the things that got dropped, so sure. I don't know. You I know, have mixed feelings on it, I guess. And, and you know... This highlights the problems that, and we've gotten so far away from the founders' vision of justice through jury trials. You know, jury trials are now comparatively rare in our system, so we now have justice through plea bargaining, right? And that's a question that I think a lot of folks are beginning to grapple with these days, especially in constitutional grounds. So this is more of a structural feature of the system. But let me go back to this expungement uh, protocol. So Dan's marketing this as uh, automatic expungement, but if you read the text, they actually exclude most marijuana felony offenses from from expungement they also create a constitutional mandate that if you're serving time or serving a sentence that you have to finish that sentence before you're eligible for expungement i have problems with that i have uh, more questions about this because this is a topic of great interest to me and we have callers we'll get to all your calls but brian's giving me the break sign so he's the boss we're going to take a quick break and be right back with ethan thampy talking about amendment three you're listening to the jennifer no the jennifer nolan the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Welcome back to the Gary Nolan Show. It's Jennifer Bukowski sitting in, talking with Ethan Thampy, a longtime marijuana legalization advocate who's against Amendment 3. Then we're going to switch out after the bottom of the hour and have Dan Beats, who says vote yes on 3 next. Uh, but in the meantime, we have several callers that want to talk to Ethan and have questions. Let's start with who's first, Mike, on line one. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Excellent. Good. Uh, really quickly, I just want to say that uh, I appreciate the show, and you do a great job when you're sitting in there. Also, I oppose Amendment 3 uh, for most of the reasons that Mr. Thampy is, is outlining and has been for the last little bit on the program. However, he hit on the big one a few minutes ago, right before the break. And uh, I think that uh, using any type of legislation as a sneaky way to sort of implement these ESG policies, that's what we have to watch for in all legislation. And I think we need to fight uh, to eliminate any public officials that are promoting those policies. And uh, I appreciate the, the deep research that uh, Mr. Thampy has done. So thanks again for the show. That's all I've got to say. And I'm looking, though, Ethan, I don't see disenfranchised when I do it. They, they use uh, disproportionately impacted populations, which I would argue that every population has been impacted by marijuana prohibition. Why do we, why do we have to segregate different populations? I mean, we all live in the same state. Um, I mean, it, it is true, you know, that... Uh, black individuals are often uh, uh, arrested at higher levels than white individuals. I would highlight also that when you create, look at look at look at the example of Colorado. You know, I was in Colorado for legalization in 2012. I volunteered on that campaign. In 2019, there was 4,200 arrests and prosecutions in Colorado for marijuana, and the racial disparity had actually increased, right? And that's because in Colorado, you can still get arrested and uh, be prosecuted for uh, more than a certain amount of marijuana, and and, and the enforcement target uh, ends up targeting uh, poor and politically weak. Uh, constituencies, you know. but where it says disproportionately impacted by marijuana prohibition, it's talking again about educating them about this availability of these kind of dubious micro licenses. Mm-hmm. Which it's is a not scam. saying that you can do like CRT in the classrooms, which is a which is a talking point I've heard somewhere about this. You know, we well, I wouldn't say that this creates a mandate to teach critical race theory in the in the classroom, but when 
but this is clearly a mandate to use, you know, the uh, concepts of diversity, equity, inclusion, the DEI uh, agenda um, to propagandize this licensing scam, right? Mm. And so, like, you think about the teachers' unions, they're going to point out the Missouri Constitution when we're talking about getting rid of uh, certain of these ideologically based um, concepts from uh, our public education system. Yeah, chief equity officer would be in the Constitution, and this amendment is as long or longer than the entire United States Constitution. We have another caller, Dave, on line two. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, one, why are why are we using all this bad language? Legalize means legal. Yeah, just uh, ha- how about we just redact the whole <laughs> marijuana is illegal <laughs> statute. Do it. We don't need licenses. We don't need regulation. We don't need taxation. We're paying enough taxes anyway. Put it out there and let it stimulate the government. Also, I was kind of shocked, Jennifer, you weren't going off on this whole um, of going back and correcting the record on prior convictions. Why would we allow the state to get a second bite at that? Professional prosecutors made decisions. They got to live with them. That's right. If you're going re- to change all the records, just change it. If you're not, don't. That's it. That's the thing that I'm torn about. Is like there was a law violation there. These other people did not choose to commit a law violation. So uh, some but, people should have that opportunity to have that expunged. But I don't know about blanket expungements. I'm kind of conflicted on that whole thing. But I do like how they give a third of the money left over if there's any money left over to the public defender system that's a nice touch in that bill but thank you so much for the call dave uh we are going to run out of time soon so i want to get to david on line three welcome to the show david good morning thank you for your show uh when you're talking about expungement in the amendment process is that anything to do with 610-140 the expungement law in no, I now? think this is a constitutional amendment that would like require and even knows this better than me that would require uh within 180 days or a year yeah this has not this, touched right? the statutory expungement section that was uh, uh created in 2017 by senator bob dixon and uh coalition in the legislature this is separate and i'm for expungement but why do you know? I don't see it's something that we need to put in the Missouri Constitution. I think it's something our legislature should have uh, um, control over. And that, for one, we have put in statute, so there isn't an argument that you can't do this by statute. But actually, you can expunge marijuana stuff already by statute. That expungement law doesn't work because it doesn't expunge anything. It just hides the criminal record. Yeah, from it's you. They are totally right, David. I don't know if you're an attorney or what, but that is totally apt. It was supposed to be a real expungement. Now it just makes it a closed record like SISs are, and it doesn't really help with gun rights or anything else. We kind of botched that, and I was actually one of the five defense attorneys, well, along with five prosecutors that served on that Missouri Bar Committee to write that thing, and. It was not written very well. I apologize for that. Whatever got passed didn't work well as intended. Anyways, well, Ethan, this has been a fascinating segment, and we're going to switch out to your counterpart after the break. But thanks so much for coming on. And where can people find out more information about your campaign against Amendment 3? So you can go to www.knowona3.com. That's www.knowona3.com. On Facebook, you can look up the Facebook group, uh, Missouri Marijuana Legalization Movement. Um, and I would highlight to you, Jennifer, we have over 150,000 people on social, me- uh, social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, who are following us and have been uh, outraged about how the medical marijuana industry has tried to monopolize this space and, and, and corrupt our state. 
Follow the money, they say. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You've been up next. The other guy I've known a long time. He's been doing this movement for like 40 or 50 years. I, I don't want to age him, but he's been involved in this movement a long, long time. Dan Vitz is going to join us in studio next. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on 93.9 The Eagle. This is The Gary Nolan Show. Welcome back to the Gary Nolan Show. We're having a great pot debate this hour. We just heard from Ethan Thampy, who is one of my two friends that I've known a long time, marijuana legalization advocate. And now the other one joins me, Dan Veets. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jennifer, very much. You are Appreciate like it. legendary in this um, legalized marijuana movement, I um, would say. I'm just old. You know, I've been doing it for 50 years, actually. August of 72, I attended my first National Normal Marijuana Conference, so 50 years plus now. Well, you must uh, look, be older than you look, because 50 years is Thank a long you. time to be working on this <laughs> yeah. work, and yes, I'm glad for it. You were doing it way before, you know, it, it was socially acceptable to be saying these kind of things. Yes, that's true. It wasn't popular. There was only 12% support for legalization back in the very early 1970s. But now, support for legalization is is very broad. Uh, 78%, I think, of Democrats, half of Republicans, 80-some uh, percent of independents are favoring legalization. So, it's great that we're debating not whether to do it, but how to do it. Well, I just had Ethan Thampy on, and you probably listened to that segment, and he said that this... Uh, could have been done legislatively, but the people involved with your movement with this Amendment 3 killed the bill and made it not pass in the legislature. That's ridiculous. Nobody ordered those Republicans who are the majority of the committee that heard his cannabis freedom bill. Nobody orders them to do anything. They chose, first thing they did was put a cap on the number of licenses in that bill. And then they barely got it out of committee, even with that amendment on it. The legislature of Missouri, as you observed, is very conservative in a social sense of conservative. They're not libertarian. They're not going to legalize marijuana. If we want to legalize marijuana, Amendment 3 is the only way it's going to happen in the foreseeable future. Well, this is a lengthy amendment. Is that fair to say? Well, it's fair, but it's also fair to point out that half of it is the existing medical law. So only so half of So why is that even in there? It is because we are making some important changes in the medical law. We're extending cards from one year to three years. We're providing employment discrimination protection for medical marijuana patients. We're doubling the number of patients for whom a caregiver can provide cannabis. You know, there are many things in this bill that are actually counter to the interests of the medical marijuana industry and i'm not part of the medical marijuana industry contrary to what your last guest implied i don't get paid by anybody in the medical marijuana industry i don't have any clients in the medical marijuana industry i am representing normal which i have worked with for 50 years which works for the interests of cannabis consumers and that's why this law would allow every adult to cultivate up to 18 plants at a time you might have three crops in a single year you can give away up to three ounces of marijuana. As I said, it would double the number of patients for whom a private caregiver can provide cannabis. And it also will specifically, explicitly permit dispensaries to sell seeds and seedlings and clones. All those things hurt the industry. All those things are going to reduce the gross income of the industry, but they help patients. They help consumers. They help real people. 
of a decrease in monopoly. Well, tell me about these employment protections. That yeah. phrases kind of red flags well, with me as a libertarian because mm -hmm. shouldn't I, as an employer, if I don't like potheads, I should well, be able to. Should you be able to not fire, employ them anymore? Should you be able to fire black people because they're black? I doubt you would agree with that proposition. I agree, it's not purely libertarian, and I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, but like black I'm people aren't sure necessarily. We would want to live in a using purely a substance that could impair their judgment. Libertarian world. Um, the point is that this bill is going to help hundreds of thousands of people. Each year in Missouri, more than 20,000 people are arrested and prosecuted. Our courts, as you well know, as a fellow criminal defense attorney, uh, our court's dockets are clogged with cannabis cases. 20,000 plus each year, cases that shouldn't even exist, and they won't exist. This bill will allow our police to use their time and our tax money going after violent criminals, going after property criminals and not wasting their time harassing and ruining the lives of people whose only offense is to consume cannabis. But if you have more than three ounces now, that's still criminal. You know, every one of the 19 states that have passed a legalization bill have a limit. There is no jurisdiction where you can possess unlimited amounts of marijuana. Uh, you know, the there fact, should be, Dan. Well, there should be. I should be. be able to have mountains of and, marijuana and you, in my house if I want to <laughs> in you America. You probably know the concept of letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. The perfect marijuana law will not pass. We're working on passing a law. We're not the recreational working on New York law actually has three ounces. That's a good law. That's a good law. But every state has limits. And our state has limits because this bill won't pass if we allow unlimited marijuana sales, unlimited marijuana possession. This is a major step in the right direction. If you or Epen can get the legislature to do better, that's great. And let me put one myth to rest. The notion that once it's in the Constitution, it's set in stone and can never be changed. That's BS. The legislature changes the Constitution by putting amendments before the people virtually every election. This November, the General Assembly has placed three constitutional amendments on the ballot. It's not hard. It doesn't take millions of dollars. You don't have to gather hundreds of thousands of signatures as we had to do to put Amendment 3 on the ballot. If the legislature wants to legalize, if the legislature wants to totally rewrite Amendment 3, all they have to do is put it on the ballot. If the people agree, those changes will be made. In the meantime, let's stop arresting 20,000 people every year for pointless victimless behavior. This is the Gary Nolan Show. I'm Jennifer Bukowski sitting in talking to Dan Veeds, longtime marijuana legalization advocate. He says to vote yes on Amendment 3. Uh, Ethan Theopi, also a marijuana legalization advocate, was just recently on the show and said vote no. He has some concerns and a caller point, made a good point. Um, why don't we just have a constitutional amendment that just redacts the statutes that criminalize marijuana. Because it won't pass. You know, it has to pass. How do you know it won't pass? You just said over 50% of Democrats or, or Republicans favor and 70% of Democrats Not. are in favor of legalization. So why wouldn't they vote for something that just redacts the statutes that criminalize marijuana to begin with? That I, sounds simpler I, to me. I would love to see that, but the fact is most people don't want to see a marijuana shop on every corner. Most people don't well, want we're children. Seeing that right now. Most people don't want children allowed to use marijuana. Is that what you're suggesting? That we should be able to sell marijuana to children and children should be able to use marijuana at school? I mean, that's a pure libertarian approach, but none of us wants to live in that pure libertarian world. 
The fact is, we're working on real change. We're proposing a law that will pass because we polled public opinion. We know what will what will pass. Well, you what could won't. do something like. You can't text while drive if you're under 21. You can't uh, buy liquor if you're no, under 21. No, you can do something similar for I'm marijuana. I'm a libertarian. I don't want any of those laws on the books. No, yeah, but we don't like, need those laws. That could pass if you just like that take pass. into that take that into account. <laughs> I, I'm sure the voters would embrace a law that allowed all of us to drive drunk. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> well, you're saying that marijuana should be legalized at the end of the day here, right? So people would be able to in use the same recreational sense that marijuana. Alcohol is legal, yes. But with way a, more licensing things going on in this 39-page uh, bill, and I, I'm not else. sure that's true. I, I don't think that's true. But there are no limits on the number of licenses. That I am absolutely certain is true. And anyone who says there are limits on the number of licenses is lying. Is saying something which is demonstrably false. And I, that has been repeated so many times. I'm sick of hearing it. Well, Dan, I got to tell you, I printed off this really long bill and I, this is something that I have my new reading glasses that I put on for because it strains the eyes to read this thing. I'll give you a big print version. It reminded me of the clean Missouri thing where they put a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning that doesn't really have much to do with things and then hide what the crux of the amendment is at the very end. Well, when the legislature wanted to repeal Clean Missouri, that's exactly what they did. They misrepresented it in the ballot language, and they have the ability to write their own ballot language. But that's a different matter. Jennifer? Who wrote this ballot language? Uh, a group of people. Well, no, that was written by the Secretary of State. Uh, no, not the, excuse me. Who wrote this uh, actual this, this text? This actual bill, this actual initiative was written by at least a dozen people had input, probably a couple dozen people at least had input into how this was written, including representatives of the NAACP in St. Louis, including Brad Ketcher, one of the most uh, well-respected attorneys when it comes to ballot measures in the state of Missouri. But what... This bill well, will uh, do. Thank whoever thought of the public defenders to possibly get money under it. Uh, if you have a question for Dan, a very five, principled thing to do. Five seven three eight seven four nine three nine zero. If you have a question for Dan Beats about the expungements for this amendment or any part of it, we have to take a quick break. But don't go away. We'll be right back talking pot on the Gary Nolan Show on ninety three nine The Eagle and the Zimmer Radio Network. And time is today. It's Jennifer Bukowski sitting in for Gary Nolan. I'll be back on Friday um, filling in again for the one and only Gary Nolan. But in the meantime, I've been discussing Amendment 3 with Dan Veets who says vote yes. We had Ethan Thampy who said vote no. Ironically, they both support legalization of marijuana so we're having a discussion on that. We've gotten some texts from uh, many listeners on this subject including uh, let's see if uh, some Sean says, wow, comparing firing someone who's using marijuana to firing someone who is black is completely moronic and I think an offensive statement. So you want to sell marijuana to a child. Why can't they just put marijuana under the same umbrella as alcohol? We discussed that already. Absolutely right. That's what Amendment 3 does. Um, another person said that the mandatory expungement without requiring the offender to make the request and work through the legal system, even mm -hmm. if no cost is to stop for me. I want to ask you about that expungement thing and also Ethan's point about the chief equity officer. So which would you like to address first? Uh, either one. Okay. Jennifer, 
the the so-called equity officer is simply someone to assist new people in getting into the industry. That's all it is. It's not CRT. The expungement provision is extremely important. Um, we have, as you pointed out, you and I both served on the bar committee that drafted at least an early version of our current expungement law. But it involved compromises. Politics is the art of compromise. And so some of the compromises we made in that expungement law um, have limited its usefulness. A tiny percentage of the people who are eligible for expungements now have actually pursued them because it's expensive, it's time-consuming, it's troublesome. Most lawyers don't even know how that law works. Making expungement of marijuana offenses, low-level marijuana offenses, automatic, will benefit hundreds of thousands of Missourians. Is it real expungement? Like, where you're... Or is it just closed record, like our new expungement law? It used to be we had real expungement, so they'd actually destroy the record, and that would count for, like, federal firearms purposes. But Mm -hmm. now, getting an expungement doesn't restore your gun rights. Would this type of expungement restore people's gun rights? It's going to take an act of Congress to restore gun rights. Jennifer, as you know, many firearms regulations are federal laws, and we can't change federal laws with a state statute. But insofar as possible, it would restore gun rights um what's important Actually, is that's, if we've made it so it's just not a closed record like the way that we're doing expungements aren't really expungements and so you could fix that we've adopted the old language on expungement which says that once it's been expunged it is as if it never happened that the person so that who had work. the record expunged can deny it ever happened um, that no punishment, no penalty shall be imposed on someone who's had a marijuana conviction expunged. It does not automatically expunge the people driving down I-70 with 200 pounds. Those people would have to still go to court and still ask for the expungement. But the low-level offenders, including some low-level felony possession cases, would be automatically expunged. And that's a very important thing. But 7 million or 6.5 million was the estimate the Missouri Supreme Court uh, issued a day or two ago to accomplish this. Every single year, it's estimated by the auditor's office, Amendment 3 will generate at least $41 million. The money for those expungements is readily available from the taxes on the sales of cannabis itself. You know, but why do you have to do this as part of the constitutional amendment? Just because, because if you we think don't, it wouldn't pass the university, Because if we don't, the a legislature is going to mess with it every year. They're going to undo it. They Didn't don't you just say like that the legislature can tweak this? You just said that they can tweak it and that's not They a- can. If you believe, as Eben seems to believe, that the legislature is just, you know, they really want to legalize marijuana, well, then they'll certainly want to make those changes. And they can be made. What makes sense is to pass Amendment 3, stop arresting 20,000 people and more every year, and then make whatever changes you think need to be made. If you can persuade the legislature that there need to be changes. The legislature can put those on the ballot. They put three amendments on this fall's ballot already. They do it all the time. If this does not pass, will you be down in uh, Jeff City testifying in favor of a statute like the one Epen Thampi's group tried to get passed last year? If it's well written, uh, yes, if it's a reasonable law, I would support it. You know, Mr. Hicks and Mr. Thampi didn't contact me when they were writing their so-called Cannabis Freedom Act. Um, but what would be far better would be to put it in the Constitution so the legislature can't undo it. If it's in the statutes, the legislature will be attempting to change it, if not repeal it, every single year. There's a very good reason to put the in the state constitution. 
I, you know what? I suffer from this too, but you guys probably both need word count limits because these things are too long and complicated for people to understand. And we're just having to, we've had callers saying, look, we don't know who to trust. We hear these different things and it's very legal, technical language. The stuff about actually the recreational marijuana is buried in way in the, like the last 10 pages of this 39 page document. Many very important provisions. At the very end. There are many very important provisions in there. Um, Is there a place it, where you can get objective information about what this amendment does? Yes, legalmo22.com. Absolutely objective. Absolutely. That's not unbiased, you're, you're in favor of it. You're advocating for <laughs> well, the yeah, passage of but, this. you know, yeah, but it's still the truth. Actually, it is the truth. <laughs> and unlike some other websites I could name. Um, Ethan said that the NAACP came out against this. Oh, which the, I, the I, why is that? Board, the state board came out against it. At least four of the local chapters, and I think that's a majority of them, have come out in favor of it, including Columbia. Columbia's NAACP just reaffirmed to me yesterday they still support Amendment 3. Okay, interesting. So uh, what are your chances of this passing? Do you have any polling on it? Sure, we all have polling, and the polling has been very favorable. Every single poll has shown it with a solid majority, far more in support than opposed. Um, the most reliable polling, I think, is the one that was done by a group of TV stations here in Missouri by Survey USA. They've done three polls over six months each one of them showing 62% support. And the last one, the most recent one, actually used the ballot language and said, are you certain that you're going to vote for Amendment 3? 62% said yes. Do you have any idea how many people will be released from prison if this passes? Because that's uh, part of this. According to DOC, it's a fairly small number, maybe a few hundred uh, people who are in prison only for marijuana possession. It's a relatively small number. Those are people that had large amounts uh, in, in almost every instance, and not that they deserve to be there. Uh, but they took a risk, and, and they will be released if they petition the courts, and I'm sure they will. Yeah. Well, so they do have to petition. They don't get automatic do. release right. like it's the expungements. No, you but would their conviction be expunged? You were making the yeah. It will be after you're released. You were making the point earlier that sometimes there are multiple charges and plea bargaining can result in some other charges being dismissed. Yeah, I always. That's why if I had to take a plea, is, I'd only want to go on the drug one because you could get out of for fifteen percent instead of like the forty or fifty. Or you're a very smart lady. That's exactly right. Every attorney that I talked to in the last year, I've said that's what you ought to be doing. Uh, but the fact is. If somebody was accused of murder and marijuana possession and some prosecutor dismissed the murder charge, I can't imagine that ever happened, but <laughs> yeah. just theoretically, well, then a judge does have some discretion and could say, I'm not going to expunge this marijuana conviction because you actually were accused of murder. I um, had a case like that, actually. Ah. Uh, they dropped the murder charge and he agreed to well, plead to possession of marijuana. That guy might not get expunged, but the vast majority of people No, he would get expunged. automatically expunged under this because he's not in prison. Necessarily. Well, if he's in prison on a felony, uh, uh, more no, than three not. pounds, okay, whether he's in prison or not, uh, if it it's was, over three pounds, he will not get an automatic expungement. It was less. So. Well, good. So good. he will. So good. there is an example. There's you. anecdotally. You're a great lawyer. You're well, a great thank lawyer. you. And he was not good for the murder. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. Uh -huh. That's why they agreed to dismiss it, not because they like letting murderers go free. No. It's the wrong place, wrong time. I've actually had two cases where it was a marijuana deal gone bad. And there's all of a sudden a shootout or whatever, and someone dies. Somebody and so, tried to steal from somebody. Yeah, yeah they like want to <laughs> like rob the drug dealer and mm. rob the money. And anyways, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. And You're welcome, uh, we'll Jennifer. be following this closely. And that's it for me today. Join me again on Friday.
Hey, I have Brooke Jacobs who's going to give us an update on the state of the courts in our county and more. And in the meantime, remember, for now, you live in the greatest country in Earth's history, so don't forget to take a moment and enjoy it.